0: Hello!
1: Hey, guys, it's Arden Cho. Hey, I'm Holland Roden. Hello, this is Ian
0: Bowen.
2: Hey, you guys, this is Melissa Poncio.
0: Hi, I'm Lyndon Ashby. Hi, I'm Dylan Sperbury.
2: This is Megan Tandy. This is Tyler Posey, and you are listening to Not Another... Not Another... Not Another... This is Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast.
1: Yes, it is! Oh! Woo!
2: Hey, this is Jeff Davis. You're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, my favorite podcast in the world.
0: Until we cry to ourselves, we lie,
1: dance in the moonlight. I satisfied. We wake up to the sun, burning while we're young. We set fire to along lungs till what's left is night. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, episode 98. Uh, and we are getting into our season five recaps, which is very exciting this week we had two episodes to recap um episode one and now we're up to episode two and obviously we had our we had our Jeff interview as well, which was very exciting so third podcast from us this week hopefully that's okay with everyone, but it is a lot we know, so sorry if it's over um. We are going to be talking today about um, the second episode of season 5 Parasomnia. Um, so the hosts on today is myself Natalie, uh, Karen who's our lead host as well. Um and we also have Donya who's one of the podcast team joining us today because we're all in the same time zone because we're all going to Comic Con together next week. So isn't that exciting? Yay! Yay!
0: Hi <laughs> everyone. Hi. Hi. It's really great being in the same time zone as you guys. Yeah. Yes. It's really difficult. The three, the
1: set of three, like the, the UK, Australia, America is really difficult. Like two is okay. Like you kind of know the periods where you can get, like, you know, evening or morning or whatever for working with between two, whether it was just in in the UK and America or just Australia and America. The three is like there's like one hour of the day when it actually matches up. <laughs>
0: it's really good i know but
1: donya and i are going to be at comic con next week officially as not another Teen wolf podcast karen will be there too um under hyperball because she's covering several other big deal things there uh but it's going to be really fun and great and we've got some exciting things that we're going to be able to cover we're going to be obviously in the Teen wolf um, panel and all that and we're going to try and get some maze runner stuff as
2: well and lots of good stuff yeah it's gonna be good everyone excited so I mean like yeah we're covering this stuff whatever but I'm so excited to see you because I haven't seen you in over a year and I just saw Danya. I'm excited to see Danya too but I just saw her so yeah just like like, oh I guess
0: I guess Karen's uh, face is okay but uh, Natalie Natalie
1: as well because they've seen each other donya has been to america like 15 times since i was last in america (laughs) so so true um maybe if anyone's interested in this and please let us know because we don't want to put it out if it's really really like indulgent or something like that we could either record a live podcast or do a google hangout of just the three of us being stupid together in person if you would like even have to be about Teen Wolf. We could just record ourselves having a conversation or do a Google Hangout. If anyone would like that, oh, my God, maybe we could do, like, a live reaction to the episode on Monday night because we're going to watch the episode together that comes out on Monday night as well, the three of us. So get back to us with any feedback that you have about um, what you might like to see us do together, even if it's just, like, take some stupid pictures or something
2: like that. (laughs) So we're going to be there, and it's going to be fun. That's going to happen anyway, the taking stupid pictures thing. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Probably.
1: Okay, let's get on with the episode uh, because it was a good one. So, if you want to reach us um, in order to tell us what stupid things to do at Comic Con, uh, you can contact us on Twitter, which is NATW Podcast. You can email us, which is NATW Podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Tumblr, which is Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast um, on Tumblr. Or you can go over to Instagram, which is again n a t w podcast, and see our comic Con antics, so that should be fun, okay, heading straight into the favorite quotes of the episode um I'll go first because my name is first on the list, apparently, even though I didn't <laughs> write it. Uh, my favorite was right on early in the episode. I just thought it was really adorable it was um. Scott um, having, you know, helping out more with the medical treatment side at his job at the veterinary clinic and, you know, giving this dog a a shot and giving it back to, you know, to the dog's little girl owner. And she says, thank you, Dr. McCall. And he says, oh, I'm not a doctor yet. And so we kind of set up immediately that this, you know, veterinarian thing isn't just like a side job uh, thing for Scott, that, you know, it was something he was doing Before he uh, became a werewolf and he actually still has has aims to study that as a career. It wasn't just like an after school job that he's never going to do again. So that's really cute. And it's a real shame that Scott doesn't have like all these pets of his own if he wants to be a vet so much. It would be great if we had, uh, you know, all of these, you know, that he had a a great dog sidekick or a cat or something. But given what Jeff said about working with animals in the last episode, I'm sure he would have loved to have a permanent dog on set that was like part of the show like constantly that would have been ideal I'm sure that they would have not had any trouble with that at all basically no
0: none isn't that what (laughs) Liam is though I mean Liam
2: is basically
1: (laughs) his dog sidekick uh, yeah that's true that's that's true I suppose we'll let that one slide okay speaking of Karen
2: Yes. Um, because I wrote the doc, I got to pick first and take everyone's favorite line, which I do not feel guilty about at all. Um, because this line was amazing. It's right after Styles and Liam are done traipsing through the woods and they see Scott there and he goes, Did you find anything about Theo? And Styles just says, Nope, and then Liam just goes, I fell in a hole. <laughs> and it's it was just... so adorable and I Guys, I love him so much. I think he's my new favorite character, and I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. But he's amazing. He's so good, and I kind of vibed it. Like,
1: last episode I was like, they've stepped up. Like, he was good, but he's stepped up a game. Like, his game has stepped up now. They're giving him really good stuff. Um, Because last, you know, last episode I was saying, not last episode, when we were doing the recap episode, I was like, what are they going to do for, like, comic relief? Like, without Coach, without, um, you know, even Derek and his kind of surly funniness um, and those kind of awkward moments, Styles is no longer really a comic relief person because he's so, you know, everything weird he does now is really, you know, tied up in his anxiety and all of this. Like, he's not really a funny character anymore. It's like, what are they going to do
2: to, like, break the tension? Apparently the answer is Liam, and I'm so into it. (laughs) So good. <laughs> you know what's strange is it actually reminds me a lot of Dylan, um, Big Dylan. They're both named Dylan. Um yeah. Dylan O'Brien, like obviously we've always loved his facial expressions and his little quirks. I'm actually seeing a lot of that in Sprayberry, and uh, like you said, he's totally stepping up his game this season.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And he's still really young. Like he's only sixteen now. So how
1: old was he when he started the show? He was like 15.
0: Yeah. I think he was 15 when they first started filming it. And around the time when we did BiteCon, kind of after we did the set visit, I think he was just turning 16 then. Yeah. He's gonna No, he's going to be 17 next week, guys. It's okay.
1: It's okay. He's going to be 17 next week, you know. We go, anyone so out there kind of, about it. <laughs> um, kind of yeah, week, 7, <laughs> 1998. No, 1998 is the year I started high school, FYI. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, he's going to be in um, – did you guys know that he portrayed the young Clark Kent in Man of Steel? Were you yeah. guys aware of yeah. Was t- I wasn't. Yeah. I feel like we've never discussed this, and not that I've seen Madame Steele, Steel*, uh, because don't bother. Yeah, that, that's not a good movie. Um, I'm aware of that. But yeah, um, no, July seventh, nineteen ninety eight. So next week, when we are uh, hanging out in Los Angeles together on our road trip, it will be Dylan Sprayberry's birthday. Oh, so we can go say hi. <laughs> have some taken well, in his honor he probably has something better to do but yeah 17 years old born the year I started high school um have you guys seen that recent photo shoot of him
2: no really do I want to
1: uh, no, no not if no you don't not if you're embarrassed by how young he is uh but yeah uh <laughs> Ask Brooke to show it to you if you're curious, because, wow. Anyway, Donya, let's move on to yours. How about <laughs> that? I'll find this for you later, and it's just horrifying.
0: Um, yes. So mine is just when Styles and the sheriff are in the station at the start of the episode, and Styles is obviously going off on his whole Theo is bad news kind of thing and trying to get his dad to do, like, a background check on him. And then the sheriff is like – um when the flying monkeys come soaring through the station you will have my undivided attention until then just go to school <laughs> which i thought was just brilliant i just love their dynamic and uh that whole scene was just great for me like i'm so glad that it's i'm so glad this show is back
2: <laughs> yeah sheriff has been on point in these last two episodes too
0: Yeah, I mean, you can really see a little bit of the strain on him as well, like trying to, I guess, bridge these two worlds more, I guess, than the kids do. And more, I guess, than uh, Melissa does as well, because Melissa seems to be very quite like very, very settled into her role uh, where she falls between, you know, her, her, I, I guess I wouldn't call it mundane necessarily, but her day to day life versus uh, her son being an alpha werewolf whereas the sheriff is kind of a different bridge between those worlds and he's struggling with it a little bit more trying to balance between how how he becomes law enforcement knowing that all of these creatures are out there and there's going to be unexplained crimes that he's going to have to pass off and kind of hush up and and never really have a genuine public kind of solution for. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm finding it very, very interesting how he's dealing with that this season. It seems to be getting to him just that little bit more, which should play out interestingly over the rest of season five. So going straight into the episode, um, the first
1: thing that we wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about on, on the premiere uh, was actually the, um, the opening credits which have obviously changed this year uh and i was just wondering if you guys had any uh favorite moments or noticed anything interesting or any clues or anything at all um just basically that has changed from the opening credits for this season specifically for season 5 and whether you like them you know more or less than the other ones obviously there's no uh sad baking Derek anymore I know. covered with flour
0: mm.
2: so that that's was about to say that loss. Uh, I'm going to be the terrible person and say that I kind of didn't notice. Like, I I I, didn't
1: until afterwards. I kind of watched them as a whole thing, and I wasn't being like, oh, Derek? No, Derek, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um, Overall, I really like them, though. I know Jeff was talking about um, how they wanted to add more color into them this season, which I think they did a great job of. I really like the blue overtones, and um, Scott looks so badass. I really enjoyed Liam's. Again, wasn't expecting that because I like how he went from the werewolf to human instead of the other way around, which we've seen a bunch of times. Um, and I just thought that was really different. And of course, the dread doctors and all of those little snippets throughout, like when we actually see the cast, very creepy. Yeah, I actually noticed that
1: um, the, the even the scenes that are the same, like that, they, you know, that they didn't shoot new footage for necessarily, like Lydia or Styles. To me, it still looks uh, like that they've changed the color tones in it as well, which is was good. I, I sort of enjoyed that. Um, I really liked the, um, yeah, the Liam moment, sort of the Kira moment, uh, the end, uh, the end card with the, uh, you know, Frankenstein's lab kind of crazy electricity stuff, uh, which definitely ties into my theory in our first recap, um, which was that it's, uh, like, very, uh, that I I was talking about with the, the Frankenstein, you know, Dr. Frankenstein, like, drawing power from the storm to, like, bring life to his crazy creations and stuff like
0: that. So, I don't know. Donya, how about you? Again, I really, really like that end uh, credit tile, the same one, the kind of Frankenstein-esque uh, lab yeah. thing. I thought that was really, really great. I just like that. I like um it sounds really, really weird. I just like when the sparks kind of come down. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. thought that looks really, really cool. It's Did a silly little thing the to sparks like.
1: So. Around the name cards as well, like when the yeah. episode was actually playing that like you know when it says, you know, Tyler Posey and all of the, the, the credits rolling across the real footage
0: also has the sparks coming off it. Uh, I did not notice that. I will have to go back and see it. But if they yeah, have... Yeah, it, they, honestly, but we'll see. Yeah, if they've made that kind of effect, I'm guessing they're very, very proud of it. So I don't yeah. blame them for reusing that really cool, like, spark effect. Mm. I would. If it was me, I would be like, I'm showing this off now. It's really yeah. cool. I, yeah, I
1: really enjoyed the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's probably... Yeah, quite a big deal with these dread doctors if they've gone to the effort of, you know, including them so dramatically in the the opening credits compared to kind of the more generalized stuff in the past credits. Yeah. Definitely. Um Yeah, Karen, did you want to go ahead with the dot points? Do you want to start?
2: Sure. So uh, opening of the entire episode is we meet Tracy. Tracy's a new character, and I kind of like her already. I mean, she's got a pretty complicated story, but I think um, her sort of, like, her personality and the way that she's so terrified, I don't know, I just kind of connected to that. I felt really bad for her, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but she has night terrors. And she's in bed, and she sees, like, a bird tapping on her window. She sees a dread doctor. She tries to get up on her chair to close her window. And the whole opening, like, that cold open was really terrifying, and it was very slow. Like, we kept seeing her reaching, reaching, reaching for her window, and we saw her on her tippy toes in the the chair was rocking back and forth, and I was, like, on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, God, this is so scary. <laughs> like, something bad's going to happen. And it did. Something grabbed her chair, and she ended up um, falling down, and her father found her in the morning. She goes to Mrs. Martin, who is now the guidance counselor, and Mrs. Martin says that she just has anxiety, totally common, no big deal, and then Tracy pukes black blood and feathers, and we get her a great line of, is that common? And yeah, totally normal. I do that all the time. I mean in Beacon yeah, Hills, yeah. yeah, probably common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of Tracy right off the bat?
0: I really like her. I mean, she's playing the part very, very well. Uh whoever the actress is. I'm not sure that I know the actress. Uh, Kelsey she, the name of the
1: actress. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was
0: instantly invested in her. Uh, which doesn't always happen for me when they introduce new characters almost straight off the bat. Like, but there was something about her that was just immediately engaging, and, and I was genuinely terrified for her. Like sometimes when you get these characters introduced, you you immediately know that they're they're pretty much cannon fodder, so you don't tend to get like a really strong emotional connection with them immediately. But with her I found myself like really scared for her straight away. So I'm now I'm now kind of like, oh no, don't let anything bad happen to Tracy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well it did. So yeah. I know. I was sort of yeah, just throughout the whole episode, basically you know, sort of every moment of her, her story, I guess, I was kind of like um, where is this going next? Cause I was, you know, just like, is this real? Is this not real? And just all of, all of the stuff that was going on with her just kept uh, surprising me basically. Um, so that was, that was good. Um, I suppose like that was quite engaging. Um, there's a lot more questions about her towards, towards the end. Uh, but yeah, like I, I I wasn't necessarily expecting all of the stuff that turned out to be real to be real, if you know what I mean. It actually quite shocked me.
0: The next scene that we kind of went into was when uh, Scott is at the veterinary office with Deaton looking after, as Natalie said a little bit earlier, the really adorable dog. And he got to be really super cute and really competent and a little bit hot being... (laughs) being a kind of vet with the the little girl like thanking him for looking after her dog. But not only that, we also learn uh, from Dr. Deaton some useful kind of information for once. (laughs) Uh, Surprise, Mm -hmm. surprise. Um, Those uh, talons that we saw in episode one are actually harpy eagle talons that can apparently absorb the powers of other supernatural creatures. But normally, only a beta wolf bitten by his alpha can take his alpha's powers, e.g., Liam to Scott. But then, drops. Yeah, that's, drops.
1: that's yeah. a new bit of canon. I assume that's not something we knew exactly. No. Oh, I suppose that we we knew that the the betas became alphas by killing an alpha, like you know, like Ethan and Aiden and all, all the others of the alpha pack. We know they all became alphas by killing an alpha, but Anyone can kill an alpha, can't they? Like the, yeah. the absorbing power seems to be something different.
0: Yeah. Well I kind of assumed that, you know, it didn't necessarily have to be your own alpha that you killed in order to to become an alpha. I guess No, in, neither. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't think that was a you know a set in stone thing I thought i I generally thought that you could kill as a beta any alpha to get an alpha's powers, but no, apparently it needs to be your alpha, the alpha that bit you um so that's really, really interesting. However, then Deaton throws out the but all these rules seem to be changing. I don't think they're as rigid as we once thought they were, so it looks like at some point something has kind of splintered maybe around the time of uh, uh, Scott and Styles and uh, Allison's sacrifice that's maybe sh- like kind of shook things up a bit and has splintered how how rigid these rules actually are so because it seems to be coming back around full circle to them all the time yeah, I mean, from what they
1: said, you know, I, I was a little bit confused, um, and I don't know if anyone else was, when he said that they were like the eagle talon and that they absorbed powers, were they meant to be like a prosthetic or is it like a fancy kind of werewolf that gets eagle powers? Like, were they actually natural belonging to that creature or were they like a tool, if you know what I mean? Um,
2: I, I think they were a tool because he only had them on one hand. Yeah.
0: yeah. My... My assumption is that um, the Dread Doctors have basically taken those mm-hmm. talons from a harpy eagle that can absorb powers and literally rip them off them and kind of attach them to a werewolf to kind of almost create um, like a uh, almost like a chimera kind of.
1: Well, it's like the opposite of a wand, almost, like an external yeah. tool that channels the power, except it's channeling it the other way, like back into yeah. the person. Yeah.
2: Can I just say how, for a split second, when Deaton was like, Harpy, I got so excited that maybe we were getting into, like, Greek mythology stuff, and then he said Sorry. Harpy Eagle, and I was like, Oh. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really curious about that whole, like, beta
1: of urine making versus thing. Because I'm sure that anyone can kill an alpha to get alpha's powers. I can still think that that's a thing. If we're talking about, like, absorbing the power, I don't know. Like, because Peter wasn't... Was, like, was Peter at Derek's alpha? Like, and he killed him. Like, why? You, you know? Yeah. Like... I mean, maybe he was because he was, like, the hereditary... Because he had the hail alpha. Like, if, if Talia... Died and then it was Laura and then Laura killed Peter. Maybe it's like that—that's that alpha power is is still Derek's alpha. It's really I, I'm I'm feeling a bit confused about that. Like I'm I'm a little bit lost because how often do betas kill their own alphas? Surely it would be more like other people's betas. You know, other werewolves would go after it because mm. betas are meant to like the alpha. I'm very confused. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know the, the power. Maybe it's like a sharing strength thing, not like the killing to become an alpha thing. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, that ah. would make more sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, moving on to that. Uh, from that. Um, the next uh part was the the kind of the first um part where Styles starts feeling uh a little bit crazy about Theo, basically, um, in which he addresses both his father, um, which we discussed with the quotes, and then Malia about, you know, his suspicions about Theo. He wants his dad to do like a background check. He thinks it's all not right and stuff like that, that everything is is bad and that he's suspicious about this guy. Uh, Malia also tells him, you know, that he is acting unnecessary, um, Though you know she does offer to take him down if he if if he'd like that, um. But she's you know she's like yeah you should definitely feel threatened uh, about him because he's like a hot cool new guy and and all of that kind of stuff. She's very uh pragmatic about the situation, but no one seems to really understand why Styles vibes that something is wrong with with Theo, that he isn't to be trusted, and that his presence there is suspicious. And uh, we we do hear you know when people are saying to him you know him. Why? What is wrong with this guy? Why are you like this? He claims that that's not Theo. He claims that it's, uh, you know, he knew that kid and this doesn't feel like that kid. And, you know, we didn't know whether he was projecting that or whether it was real. But I know, Karen, obviously you had no trust for Theo. You did not believe in Theo um, or anything like that. Um, Donya, how about you? Did you originally uh, think was going to be bad news the whole time or were you sort of going through the episode what would give him the benefit of the doubt like Scott?
0: No, no, no benefit of the doubt. There is something seriously fishy about this oh. dude.
1: We know now, definitely, yes, but... (laughs) Yeah,
0: like, I was going through the episodes going, no, no one with making bedroom eyes at every single (laughs) character is up to any good whatsoever, because that's definitely, I'm trying to find my in somewhere. uh, It's like, oh,
1: who's going to let me, me, you know, Ian, who's going to trust me for a minute so that I can get in and get what I want? Yeah. yeah,
0: basically, that's the exact vibe that I was getting. So I was just like there going, mm, no, I don't like him. There's something off about his whole character. And then obviously in this episode, I was like, ha! yes, why is nobody listening to Styles again?
1: <laughs> Until the end of the episode, I was kind of like, okay, so what's the deal? We I initially was like, probably not okay. And then sort of throughout the episode, I was like, are you – are you being legit? Are you, are you, are, you know, are we all going to feel stupid for being so mean to you? Or is, you know, is Styles finally going crazy? Like, is this an example? Is this meant to be showing us an example of, like, Styles' unbelievable paranoia or something like that? But no, uh, yeah, Theo is a freak child. So, yeah, we'll have to uh see more about that later. But I was, last episode, I was like, yeah, prob's not. This episode, I was kind of like, What's the deal, man? Like what's the deal? And um and yeah, I was really suspicious about um you know, about yeah, about what we were meant to think about him, basically, about whether he was whether I should be giving them him the benefit of the doubt or not. I did waver for a while. Um, so yeah, apparently I'm less heart le, le, less Driven about his evilness than you guys, but
0: we'll see. <laughs> there's a little more Scott McCall in Natalie than there is in me and Karen apparently. That's not necessarily the character <laughs> I could tell myself be, But yeah,
1: uh, uh, um, no, I'd say you're probably more like I don't know who am I most like on the show. Hmm, that's probably a conversation for another day. Uh,
2: <laughs> let's move oh, on. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about our favorite character now. Yeah. Okay. Liam. Um, Time for <laughs> Um. so we switch back over to the school and we see that Mason is still obsessed with finding out what the berserkers are. He bought like a $200 German book. Um, book. I'm like preach. Cause I collect vintage books as well. And I've paid like, <laughs>
1: 125 pounds, which is about 200 dollars. I've paid that for a first edition book before, so I'm like, Mason, my soul brother. So, like,
2: <laughs> and <the book> <laughs> he finds the berserker in there, and he's like, Have you ever heard of this? You know, these things before? <laughs> and Liam's like, Yeah, no, but he's so bad at it. Like, yeah, just the way he kind of the word, like pronounces it, and I can't even pronounce it. Like
0: the way he's oh, yeah. just like,
2: Oh yeah, that. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's so bad at it, but I think the most interesting part of the scene was that we finally meet his friend from sixth grade Hayden. Um, And we knew there was going to be sort of a thing between them where um, they didn't quite get along. Something happened and she sticks gum on his chair and the face that he makes there. That's what I was like. I see a lot of Dylan O'Brien in him right there because it was that really like I'm so pissed off, but there's nothing I can do about it right now. Look. And it was (laughs) perfect.
1: Oh, I'm so, so glad they've decided to make all the parents be like teachers at school, like Mr. Yukimura, obviously, <laughs> and um, uh, Natalie Martin as well. But Mr. Yukimura being the teacher there was just beautiful. It was just, you know, are you going to sit down? Are you going to stand there for the whole semester? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so, like, he goes in, clearly know, knows that this girl has it out for him. But, like, okay, what did he do? Let's let's talk about this. What did he do?
2: I'm really worried, actually, because we know that he has anger issues, and that was why he got kicked out of his previous school. Was he a bully? You know, did something happen with her? Was it sports related? Was it maybe something else? Um, I just, I'm not sure how bad it is. It's only sixth grade. Um, I got bullied seems... in sixth
1: grade. <laughs> no, me too, me too, me too, but like... I'm trying to think of, like, how dramatic it could have been in the grand scheme of life if they're, like, in 10th grade or something now.
2: Yeah, for like, so mad about it still.
1: Yeah, but her vengeance wasn't, like, I'm going to ruin, you know, I'm going to, you know, publicly complain about you or, like, drag you. She wasn't, like, like, she put gum on his chair, and clearly she's going to keep doing, like, petty, weird things, and the way she says, like, that she's out for vengeance... It seems like it's, like, very childish, if you know what I mean. And I'm curious about what it was. Like, maybe he, maybe, you know, they had a cute little Valentine's Day date, sixth grade dating nonsense, and he stood her up or something. Or maybe, I don't know, do you think it was something, like, genuinely scarring? Because she seems to be facing up to him. And I feel like if it was a genuine traumatic event that she would be more, like, you know, Cold she wouldn't feel, she wouldn't feel as confident in her vengeance if you know what i mean that she'd be yeah. more traumatized
0: basically and be like yeah. oh, don't
1: look at me you know
0: yeah like I kind think... of like freezing him out like yeah. ex- he doesn't actually exist kind of thing yeah
2: standing so. her up that sounds like something that could have happened
1: that yeah, she or was embarrassing so... her in, i feel like it's an yeah. embarrassment thing or like something yeah. like that. um you know stealing her lunch by accident on you know or something stupid I don't know like maybe I'm wrong
0: but I feel like it's something embarrassing and stupid but we'll see. I'd really like for it to be something embarrassing or or stupid because it would just be really kind of amusing to see um, Dylan Spabery kind of play off the kind of awkward embarrassment of that Mm -hmm. kind of selfishly I think I think he does that quite well so (laughs) it'd be nice to see more of that. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh moving over to a different classroom. Um Scott comes in and sits between Lydia and Kira in uh their AP Bio class and they get, you know, a little moment between the two of them kind of like, well, you ask him. No, no, you ask him. And Lydia's just kind of like, no, you're his girlfriend, whatever you are, you ask him. And they kind of uh <laughs> Kira just kind of goes, um Scott, this is AP, you know what class this is, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's AP Bio. And they're kind of like, oh, you know what AP stands for, right? But then we find out that, yes, no, Scott is genuinely supposed to be in this class because he wants to be a vet, as we got hints of a little earlier in the episode, which is actually really, really cool. I liked seeing that Scott, despite some of the struggles that he has had with you know, traditional schooling and I guess almost uh, traditional examination as well, that he's still trying very, very hard to to kind of achieve a career that he really, really wants, which was really, really nice to see. And uh, we also got introduced to a new teacher who sadly is not Mr. Harris, but Aww. is kind of going to be... Yeah, so yeah who is but is going to be giving Scott it looks like the kind of tough love that Harris used to give um Styles so that, see
1: Harris was a bit crueler than this woman seems so far this woman seems harsh and strict but that she wants people to succeed if you know, yeah. know what i mean yeah, whereas Harris like, seemed point. to yeah Harris seemed to just like be annoyed by everyone and genuinely <laughs> hate them. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing.
2: I was actually um, talking about this on Twitter with yeah. one of our friends, Amy, and um she was like, why does, you know, why does she have to be so mean, and and why I does she... I think she was
1: that mean so far. Like, I, I saw those Twitter reactions, and I was like, how bad is it? And then I watched the episode, and I'm like, this isn't that bad. It might get worse. Like, he she might try to kick him out or something, and yeah, be a lot I harsher, think- but...
2: I see how being that sort of cruel, and I mean, the way that she looked at him at the end, like, you know, we'll determine who doesn't belong here, and she looked directly at Scott, so I see a bit of, like, that tension there, but at the same time, what I was telling Amy was, I had a physics teacher in high school that was pretty mean to us and very strict, and he probably, as much as I hate to admit it, got me ready for college more than anybody else because he put a lot of work on us and he didn't treat us like little kids. He treated us like we were college students. And so I, what I'm hoping and what I said to Amy is that I would like to see this push Scott even harder than he's pushing himself already rather than bring him down, I think it'll be really great to see him just really want to work on his skills in biology and become a better student because of her. Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope it's not too mean and and terrible, but we'll we'll have to see. And is this, was this actress Michelle Clooney? Like, did they, did they sort of, I, I honestly didn't focus on her face that much, but, who was, who was the actress playing this teacher? It was her, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, who was Mel in Queer as Folk, like, 1500 years ago, for anyone, yeah, who watched TV in the 90s, uh, but, yeah, and she was a pretty harsh character on that show as well, so, um, yeah, well, we'll have to see how that all goes, basically, um, I, I, I she wasn't as bad as I thought she was going to be when we heard that, like, a teacher was going to be giving him a hard time, but... You know, I suppose the worst is yet to come. Basically, this is still all the first day of school, presumably. Um, and they have a free period. The boys and they go to find Theo. Basically, they they straight up uh, confront him about to what's going on. How did you become a werewolf? You know, why do you want to be in Scott's pack? Like they kind of give him a little little interview, and we sort of get an opening um on his story, which is that um, you know, that he he was hunted down by an alpha or um at least targeted by one when he was seen alone like skateboarding alone at night uh and he was bitten and the reason that he's not with them in their pack is because you know only about a week after he got turned um the alpha who bit him uh was killed by some other members of his own pack uh who turns out to be the carver twins actually as far as we know uh (laughs) <laughs> well at least it lines up to sound like it was Ether Ethan and Aiden, um, and that whole pack. Um so another beta apparently um told told Theo that despite the fact that what didn't the Alpha pack have to kill all their own betas as well as
2: their um their their alpha? Is their it just their alphas? Once they became an alpha then they killed their betas, and that Take allowed power. them more power. So, hmm. It Either could be Theo escaped or something else fishy is going on. Well, I'm, well, I'm
1: even thinking about the, the, the fact that he apparently got told that by another beta of that alpha, if you know what I mean. I'm like, didn't the twins kill them all? I don't know. I'm confused. Um, I don't
0: know. It could be that – um those when the transfer of power between one alpha to the other happens, the hold on those betas may become uh, weaker, and you can leave mm. the pack at that point. And maybe the betas that they need to, needed to kill weren't necessarily the inherited betas, but rather the ones that they then went on to bite or turn mm. themselves. Yeah, some
1: questions here, though, is we don't know how long ago this was. We don't know how long that the twins have been alphas and how long that their whole life has been going on. Um, So we don't know how long Theo has been, I guess, on his own as a werewolf. And he was like, you know that lone wolves never make it. It's just like, well, why don't you just keep your head low and like not act like a werewolf, if you know what I mean? You don't have to. I don't know if other people are gonna track you down, but it's not like I understand that lone wolves might not make it if you're like running in werewolf circles, so you look like a target. But what if you just like live life and no one knows you're a werewolf? Like, how about that? You'd probably like, be okay there.
2: Um,
0: like
1: cag Guy.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> like Keg Guy's totally fine. Like he was just living his life. Well, chill. Absolutely. <laughs> Pardon? Until he died. But he was having really good, like, you know, really good self-control. I suppose there's always the risk that you'll end up on a Deadpool. But you, um, you know, most, for the most part, no one knows you're a werewolf. You're just living life. You've got a good job, you know, giving alcohol to teenagers. It's fine. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But Theo seems to know a lot about being a werewolf, you know, despite, like, he knows about the lying heartbeat thing. Like, he always, that's always very suspicious to me when someone's like, you know, you can tell them I'm not lying. It's just like, if you're if you if you're preempting someone to tell them that you're not lying, you probably know how to cover up the fact that you're lying. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, that's always... But he seems to know a lot of, like, the werewolf techniques and control, and we obviously learn that he has um, some pretty extreme skills later on as well. So, I don't know. Who, who taught him all of this? Like... What's going on there? Uh, you know, he's been on his own and he apparently wants a pack, wants to be part of Scott's pack. We hear, you know, a bit of a story about um how uh uh we hear a bit of a story about how he uh you know, remembers Scott and how they had that whole bonding moment, yeah, about asthma. Woohoo. Uh but I don't know, like at this moment, how did you guys feel about him? Like did you waver in your you know thoughts about about scott because styles is pretty much straight up like i don't think that you're the real ceo or anything like that like i was kind of like what did this kid do to styles in the fourth grade that's made him hate him so much now but apparently fourth grade theo was fine but he just doesn't trust that this is the real theo so yeah. um i
0: didn't really ne- i didn't really waver in being suspicious of theo at this point i was like like you said, if you were kind of going, I'm not lying, I promise, Look, listen, like, listen to my heartbeat, blah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm totally legit. And you're like, they're going, mm, I'm not sure that you are. <laughs>
2: What about you, Karen? I think with Theo throughout this entire episode, he seemed too perfect. Like, too put together, too friendly, too forward, too willing to do everything he could to prove himself to Scott and Styles. And I was like, if you're that enthusiastic about it, I just feel like something else is going on. I mean, I realize like he knew these kids before and everything, but he's coming into an alpha's territory and he's the new kid at school and they don't really know him like they did before. He's got a lot to prove. And I just the fact that he was so calm and so especially later on in the episode so like determined to be a part of the group I was like yeah you have an ulterior motive
0: yeah I got but the ulterior. why but yeah why? I don't know what's in his agenda I did have a little uh theory kind of harkening back to episode one once once the twins reveal came out yeah. um I kind of have a th- thought that potentially as we get further through this season and Lydia starts finding out more about her powers, potentially the suspicions about Theo will kind of come out more and more and more. And maybe the reason why Lydia is seeing Aiden so much is that she's used her powers to call him uh, back or to call his kind of spirit or be able to speak to his spirit in order to find out more about the truth of Theo. Hmm. if he was genuinely part of that pack yeah Hmm. because that would be a really interesting extension of lydia's powers And we know that she's seeing aiden uh we don't know how often she's seeing him if that was like a one-off but i would like to think that this is this is a deliberate connection between those two points so Hmm. and i i i would imagine uh that ethan is not going to be easy to get hold of now that he's gone off and run away. Like I don't it's think. Easy is in a
1: dead body. Mm. That's so maybe. Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, true. <sure>. Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: god. Um. No, fair point. Speaking of Lydia, we get her. We see her getting Paris to check on Tracy and Parrish does, you know, the right thing. He goes up there, and, and he's trying to comfort her and everything, and he looks out the window, and her roof is just covered in dead birds. And so we know something else is going on, but we're yeah. not entirely sure, at well, least I'm not entirely sure what exactly that means yet. I mean, the first clue is, is that
1: she, you know, in her therapy session, she was telling Natalie Martin all about, you know, how – Her dreams and how some of it must have been a dream, the stuff that she felt like she experienced, the night terrors that she thought she was experiencing. Uh, You know, she had a dream about opening the skylight and closing it. And she said the skylight is not actually openable. And then Parrish learns that, it, you know, through him, that it is like that, you know, he opens it. So it actually has been open. So that immediately says, oh, is everything that she thought was a dream, did it all really happen like what really happened to her and what didn't really happen to her if you know what i mean like what's uh what's going on with her because she obviously um Lydia helps her after we see um Tracy have the kind of uh, panic attack in school or have visions of some supernatural stuff occurring to her stuff coming out of her night terrors uh but then we also see sort of see that it leaves a physical uh mark as well so very curious about what's going on we get a little bit of a reveal at the end but it still doesn't make a ton of sense it seems like she's doing stuff in a parallel universe or something i don't know
2: it's, yeah. it's kind of weird well yeah. the thing with the birds too is that obviously rave wolf um when he died birds erupted from his chest she has yeah. birds inside of her if she's puking feathers and everything um So we know it's somehow connected to the Dread Doctors, but I don't know what exactly that means or, like, if the birds are the way that they control people or what's going on. Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of the weirdest things so far that's happened on the show.
0: Which is saying
2: something. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: is a little bit confusing. Like, I'm not entirely sure what the connection is with it. Like, initially I thought it was the the kind of same connection as we would have got back in, uh, 3a, uh, where like, obviously all of those birds fly into the classroom window, uh, when Jennifer comes into town, um, and the alpha pack comes into town. So I thought there was a connection between that and the fact that the birds were kind of dead on the roof initially, but then it's kind of thinking back to like her puking up black blood and and feathers. Like, it's not necessarily a a theme that they haven't used before. I just, I'm not sure how it all connects together quite yet.
2: Yeah. But let's talk about the most important thing, which is that Parrish and Lydia are super adorable together. And I loved their flirting. That was, like, really... It wasn't over the top, and it wasn't like, oh, my God, yeah, they're going to, like, go home together tonight and do stuff. But it was, like, a very friendly <laughs> kind of um, mature, I think, is what I want to say. Respectful. Yeah. Kind of like, I like you. I like you, too. But, you know, we have some <laughs> bigger Stop fish going to fry on. right now.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's, it's really, really nice. And it's also kind of nice because – Obviously, we saw Lydia going through, um, you know, she jumped straight into some relationships really, really quickly after Jackson, Um, whether they were one night only kind of things. Or then we got Aiden, which I'm I'm guessing was supposed to be a, a one night sort of thing that kind of spiraled out. It's really, really nice to see her taking her time with someone and exploring the connection there and kind of easing into it rather than uh, kind of jumping, jumping into something more physical and then letting everything else come after. It's like doing it the opposite way around, which is Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying that quite a lot. And I think their chemistry is really, really good and their interactions are great. Like I love, I love just watching them on screen together. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, um, but after this scene, we then jump straight back to the school, <laughs> and we get to see Mr. Yukimura again, and he is stuck in a car <laughs> with Malia. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Malia, who is learning how to drive, and uh, it's not going so well for poor Malia. Though I can't, I can't say it's too surprising. Um, that she's not adjusting too well to driving. However, she seems really enthusiastic and happy. Her face, about, like, yeah. Her
1: face when they cut into that scene was my favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> just 100%. that, 100%. maybe competing with I fell in a hole. But like, it was just
0: her face of like, yeah, like you're so good. <laughs> I know. And then Mr. Yukimura's face is a direct contrast to that. Like mm. that. Pure unadulterated joy of her being like, look what I'm doing. This is the greatest thing in the universe. I'm I'm moving this this huge vehicle. I'm driving, and Mr. Yukimura is like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. I don't want to go out like this. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. But the the one really really interesting thing from this scene is when, when she started having flashes back to mm-hmm. what I'm guessing is uh Coyote. Malia. So yeah, that was really, really interesting. Like getting coyote vision. (laughs) Yeah, that was sort of
1: confusing as well. Like when she was going to hit the, you know, hit the bus and stuff. What do you think that that was actually about?
2: I think she was that was a flashback to when her car crashed or when her mother, I think was oh, the one that was driving. Mm, totally it, forgot about this. Yeah. When she died, mm-hmm. like, yeah, when they died. Yeah. fair yeah. enough. And I think so. that's why she was freaking out, which is totally understandable. Oh
0: yeah. Um, yeah, definitely.
2: Oh, no. well, no, that makes sense.
1: Uh, yeah. Do you pretty- think
0: that's how they might start threading in a little bit more about uh, the desert wolf stuff? Like if, because I'm guessing that um, that's not going to be the only lesson she's going to have during this season. We may, like, come back to her continuing to have lessons and maybe
2: uh, her Slight little flash Spoiler, sorry, but apparently the girls are going to start teaching her how to drive.
0: Oh, oh I did oh. see that
2: as well, which, which is, that is...
0: I'm really okay. excited for it. Okay, that's really, really cool, but it'll be quite interesting to see if she keeps having those... Uh, flashbacks or whatever, and they are more prolonged. Like, as as she continues driving, they get longer and longer and longer, and we learn more and more and more about what actually happened that night and, I guess, get a few more clues about who the desert wolf actually is. So that would be quite interesting.
1: Well, I'm curious, in the episode with Jeff, um, all of those little, um, all of those little, uh, Flash forwards that we see, um, you know, Lydia having at the end in the asylum at the end of episode one. Mm. Jeff said all of those happen in this series except for one. One of them was obviously, you know, what happened when Malia encounters the desert wolf and it's her in the cave so what what one do you think is the moment that that we have to wait for 5B for like you know styles in the car or the slap or uh you know Kira leaving or Malia and the desert wolf like which one do you think
2: Oh I think Kira's going to happen this season like in 5A um I think gosh I I think Malia's is going to happen, too. Maybe the slap won't happen yet. No, I think Mm -hmm. the slap will be this season. I think the slap will be. I'm
1: wondering if –
0: I don't know. I I definitely think the Styles and Jeep one is going to happen this season. I thought um, that might be the one that was next, actually.
1: That that it might be a cliffhanger, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's definitely going to happen this season because we're spending so much time focusing on Styles and the Jeep literally falling into disrepair. Like that's It's true. been a focus twice <laughs> in as many in episodes. two episodes. So, yeah. yeah. So it's they're definitely foreshadowing. For that one right there, I mean, I'd be very surprised if that was pushed back into the second half of the season,
1: yeah, true, mm, interesting, interesting, so Malia could be the one like we might not find out about the desert wolf until next season, like five b so
0: also, I mean, it would be interesting if we get enough like flashes to lay the groundwork for that to be the bigger drive of the second half of the season because that, that could work if it kind of like yeah. spills over into the next season yeah. and we get filled up to it.
1: Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> so much. <laughs> so going back towards um, Styles and his uh, paranoid detective work, he feels the signatures on Theo's uh, father's speeding ticket from eight years ago and his transfer papers, you know, from a couple of months ago are different. Um, And then, oh, someone's not who they say they are. And I was like, I genuinely thought that this was a moment of Styles' like craziness, like of his like, um, like he, he cracked basically. He's finally cracked. And because my signature There was less difference between those two signatures than between my signature every time that I do it. So I was really, like, really, styles. like, you're grasping at straws here. You're acting a little bit insane. Um, So regardless of whether you trusted Theo or not, um, did you feel like he was... You know that Styles was reaching. That you know whatever was wrong with Theo was not going to be revealed in these signatures. Like that, that this was a ridiculous thing, or, or did you feel like it was a valid uh, a valid concern? Because I... all of the others it's like I don't need you or you or you. I'm just going to take Liam. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of, <laughs> the rest of the gang kind of were all like, honey. Honey, no. Um, and like, uh, oh, one of my other favourite lines, I must say, that I was, um, you know, him saying, you know, what if his parents are, you know, both crazy serial killers? You know, what does that say about him if his parents are crazy serial killers? And Malia just goes, my parents are Peter and the Desert Wolf. Thank <laughs> <laughs> so, you. Know what I mean, I loved that. But did you think he was being crazy?
2: I definitely thought he had a point um, because the signatures did look a little different to me and the way that he talked about the different aspects of the signature, my boss does handwriting analysis and so I hear this stuff all the time and it's totally legit and like cops use it for looking at serial killers and, um, all this kind of thing. And I was like, okay, this is cool. My biggest question was when he had the time to look up all of this stuff, because you know, he was probably up like half the night reading books on handwriting analysis, trying to figure out, um, the, the differences between the two, which I wish we could have seen that because I love that side of styles. Uh, It is Uh, quite intense. It's, it's quite it, it,
1: I, 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 I think that obviously he, he does have a valid point, but I think it is actually it, it's definitely going towards the the crazy part basically. Like he's he's it could have easily been. Uh, paranoia as well as, as oh. something legitimate. I
2: mean, whether or not he's right or wrong, like, he does obsess about things. That doesn't mean yeah. that he's never going to be right about it, but he is an obsessive person. Mm-hmm. And even when he is right, that can have a lot of consequences. Oh yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Or, I mean, I I thought he was grasping a little bit, honestly. I, yeah. I, I recently had to do a Specimen signatures because um, to be able to do some digital signatures for some stuff, they needed to have a selection of basically, I think it was like 12 to 15 specimen signatures so that it could match up my signature with subtle differences in them. So within like a certain amount. So I kind of thought, well, actually, your signatures can differ quite a lot between one and the next but it's usually within like a reasonable amount so Mm. they wouldn't have taken 12 to 15 if they didn't believe that that was the amount that they needed so I thought well you know that I I do believe that there's something off about Theo I just wasn't sure that that this was was where he
1: should be looking
0: yeah I just didn't think this was gonna be the one point that would unravel the entire thing. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, And I think that's possibly what they wanted you to think. I think that we're meant to think that he's grasping at this point, if you know what I mean. Like, it does seem a bit unlegit.
2: As we said before, Styles sort of unintentionally recruits Liam, which was really funny how Liam just showed up in the Jeep, and he was like, what does this mean? And Styles is like, shut up we're going. And then he just takes him into the woods where they follow Theo. And because Liam is super adorable and basically like a little puppy dog, he falls into a hole and Styles gets mad at him, even though yeah. it's not his fault really. And the, the, Big thing I want to bring up here, which wasn't really focused on too much, was that Liam finds a necklace. That's me. I thought he found his phone. I thought he dropped his phone. No, in he the mud. sees he did, but he sees yeah. a necklace down there, and it's shaped sort of like a leaf. And yeah. I'm not sure if this is maybe meant to be um, like Theo's sister's. The dead necklace. Sister. I know? I know what it is. So at the start of the
0: episode, when we are in the room with um, Tracy, she has a little uh, jewelry tree. Mm -hmm. On that jewelry tree, that necklace is hanging up at the start of the episode. Jesus Christ. Really? Yeah, really. And it is missing in the scene later in the episode when uh, she is kind of settling in Mm -hmm. later in the episode. Uh, to kind of sleep, and perishes outside, and then she sleeps out. It's missing from the jewelry tree in that scene, and it's in the hole. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I saw that in that second time, like, I didn't notice it the first time they showed the jewelry tree, but I noticed that they were, like, sort of focusing on it that second time, and I was like, what does this mean? Is this jewelry tree, like, part of the nematon? Like, did they make it out of the nematon or something? And, you know, this is going to explain what's going on with her? I was really confused, well, she, so... She
1: also had all that creepy drawing and was like, massive raven wing decorations mm-hmm. on her wall, so that's yeah. What- or anything yeah but
2: cool uh, yeah. thank you for answering that because i definitely like i've seen the episode twice and i didn't pick up on that either time cool yeah uh i'm like crazy ridiculous
0: about like stupid details that sometimes don't mean you're, anything you're a jack
1: of the world are you
0: <laughs> yes yes i definitely um, am <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love oh, well,
1: that. It's, it's good that, you, you know, we have you guys to, you know, um, make us look better,
2: I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I was Speaking just like, oh. of Theo and his sister, though, um, we do learn that she died quite a long time ago. She died from exposure. Um, That's weird. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure. Like, we don't have all the information yet, but... I'm wondering if maybe at that point in time is sort of when Theo began changing, possibly. Um, I don't know if Styles meant that he literally is not the person that he says he is, or he's just being like, this is not the Theo I remember, he's changed so much, he's like a different person.
1: Yeah, neither. I was kind of like, oh, is it meant to be like, yeah, does he think that there's, like, an imposter living in Theo's body? Is it, like, anamorphs? Is it, like, a you know, one of the yurks in his brain or something? Or is it actually meant to be uh, just, you know, oh, he's he's not the same anymore? Uh, but, I mean, towards what we find out, when we find out what he's doing at the end of the episode, I kind of assumed that the, uh, the thing about his sister was kind of, like, like, fate. Like, if it is a fake Theo, that he knows everything about, what the real Theo would do, mm. and um, th- what the real Theo would do, and then, and then sort of, uh, you know, he that he knew that the guys were following him, or that he knew anyone what you know potentially might look at him, that he, uh, you know, that he that he purposely. I guess that he purposely did that um, to throw anyone off, if you know what I mean. Like that he went through the the motions that the real Theo would. Um, so my theory right now is that he has like an animorph's yerk in his head, and that uh, that that if they really like Cody Christian, that basically you know Scott and Styles will save him by the end of the uh, season, and that real real. Uh, Theo will be able to be a part of the pack, but that this is currently possessed Theo, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. That's kind my of, theory. I kind of like that theory,
1: actually. Yeah, like, like when, like, kind of like in how in Harry Potter, like the fourth book, we have Mad Eye Moody the whole season, the whole book, and then it's not really Mad Eye Moody, but the Mad Eye Moody is the real Mad Eye Moody is in the rest of the books in the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. I feel like Theo is a bit Mad Eye Moody, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. I could get behind that. that you know, you mean. Yeah. yeah. And Theo plays it pretty cool and he says, Yeah, I came for Scott, but I also came for you too, Styles. Oh, I want to get in there, are you <laughs> I was like, um, you know, he said, I want a friend like you who's super loyal and you can kinda see styles like, does he mean this? Because they sort of wonder together if his dad is an imposter because the signatures are different. But I think Styles is still very hesitant. And mm. I'm wondering if Theo was a little too forward with that whole, like, I want a friend like you too. Because, like I said, it seemed just too much all at once. Like, he was too good to be true. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, definitely.
0: Too good to be true. Um, Yeah, I mean, then we get, obviously, well, I mean, thinking about Theo, maybe he just wants to be in a Skittle sandwich. So, (laughs) like, yeah, maybe he's
1: just, wants a piece of all of that because yeah. it's getting pretty intense.
2: Yeah, maybe he's just that thirsty. <laughs> I mean, taste the rainbow.
0: Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, Theo
1: wants to taste the rainbow and there's the episode title, I think. Um.
0: <sighs> um yeah, so obviously after this whole kind of embarrassment with Styles stumbling upon Theo, kind of leaving a flower for his sister. He goes back to Scott and Scott's trying to kind of like talk to him and be like, Well, do you see now Styles? And obviously the Jeep doesn't start, so he Styles orders Liam into the Jeep. <laughs> like mum and dad kind of being like Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he orders Liam into the car to kind of try starting it while he messes around uh with it to try and get it to start. And obviously he's getting more and more worked up and frustrated while Scott's trying to be, like, gentle, zen, (laughs) hot dominant. Oh, my God. I love him so much, too. (laughs) I know. It's great. But um, Styles eventually just completely snaps and kind of turns on Scott and is like, we got, like, that great scene that was also in the trailer of him being like, well, I can't trust anyone because you trust everyone. And he ends up punching the jeep and kind of really hurting himself. And uh, Scott is kind of like half orders him to like hand over his hand and kind of leeches all of his pain away. And it was like, oh, oh, just this whole scene. I went through the full emotional ringer here. I (laughs) I went from being like really unbearably upset that they were like, that Styles was like being really frustrated with Scott, and Scott's trying to get through to him, and they're butting heads all the way through to like Styles snapping, and then Scott being like really gentle with him and sweet and kind of just. I like Doctor Scott McCall. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I do too. I do really. Do this a lot. That's- yeah, I found it really interesting
1: that um, Styles says, you know, like, what are you going to say, that I'm being, like, you know, paranoid and, a, you know, stalker and crazy? None of this is new information. Like, they kind of, like, he's aware that his behaviour is irrational most of the time, but he still feels compelled to do it. He doesn't handle stress well and stuff like that, and it's just really mature of Scott to kind of not, I guess, not fight back on him yeah. back on it, if you know what I mean. To not just be like, "Uh, why are you doing this?" and 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 all of that. That he he's kind of. Uh, they they're both really self aware, but still can't help acting in certain ways. And it's just, it's a lot, man. It it was really, it was yeah, it was a lot, and it was incredibly romantic in an embarrassing <laughs> way as well. Yeah. It was really a lot. Like they are going hard with that ship, I think. Um which is interesting because they definitely didn't play it up. Like, you know, obviously the, the Teen Wolf uh, media and stuff like that, you know, and it, you know the fandom awards and, you know, promo online and stuff, they definitely played up the Steric stuff while Derek was part of the show, or at least for the first couple of seasons. They were definitely like, well, this is fun. Um, but then Skittles, they never, you know, and, and there were always various competing ships and stuff like that. But now they seem to actually be pushing – skittles as a ship if you know what I mean like you know the like as something that they want the fandom to engage with which is really interesting because they definitely weren't in the first couple of seasons so why do you think that that is god
2: um I don't know. I mean, I will say that normally I wouldn't be like, okay, yeah, you know, this is intentional and it's so obvious, but Mm -hmm. it kind of was here because it was such a long, drawn-out scene. Hand-holding scene. Yeah, and I mean, seriously, like, it felt like there was just, I mean, even if it wasn't romantic, obviously they have a very close bond, and that right there meant something, Um, And I think a lot of it had to do with Styles trusting Scott and Scott just being that Zen sort of person who will always be there for Styles. And it was it was really beautiful. (laughs) I really liked it it. a lot. I need to just pause for a minute here because we have to let everybody know that Brooke is now dead because she um, absolutely fell in love with this scene. And I don't know if she's ever going to recover from it she died she's asked for a loop of this scene and the most romantic
1: moments from the Captain America the Winter Soldier to be played on loop on projected onto her gravestone yep uh, and that they can play the song from this scene at her funeral cuz well that was an incredibly romantic hot dominatrix song <laughs> FYI everyone if you look up the song that was uh was the the theme for that it is a very much like kind of uh Uh, trusting, overpowering, uh, romantic, needy song. So that was an interesting choice uh, there for that that moment as well. So RIP Brooke, the Tumblr will go, you know, to ruin and stuff like that because now she's dead from (laughs) Skittles. So sorry, everyone. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. And I'm going to visit her at her house. I'm going to visit her at her house in a couple of weeks, and apparently I have to explain to her parents why she died. So, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be good for me. Uh,
2: um,
1: yeah. All right. So the the next big part was kind of a, the fun moment of uh, Liam getting to reveal to Mason that he's a werewolf. Like, earlier in the episode, we discover that uh, Liam – hasn't told Mason, even though the boys have said it was okay. Like, Styles was like, why haven't you told him? We told you it was okay. It's always easier when the people close to you know. But, you know, Mason – Liam was still very paranoid that Mason would be judgmental or, or hateful or try and stab him with something silver or just because obviously, you know, Mason had already had a relatively negative experience of the supernatural and stars is like, you know, I, you saw my dad blow up a berserker with a you know rocket launcher. I think that he's prepared for, for the idea uh, or whatever it was. But, you know, he, he shows up really late to meet with Mason and he's kind of like, I have to tell you a lot of things. And then this gets interrupted by, you know, a wolf, basically, a wolf standing behind uh, uh, standing behind Liam. And I w- was just like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. Derek is here. But unfortunately, it was not actually Derek. I, because if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, I've mentioned a couple of times my great idea to have the presence of Derek be part of the show by hanging out in wolf form in pack meetings and being like, you know, yeah, I'm just hanging out, I'm listening, I, I feel comfortable in my wolf form, and, you know, you don't have to have Tyler Heckland, but you still have the idea of Derek hanging out and, you know, being sagely wolfish in the background, and I thought it was happening. I thought this was going to be the big moment, and that he was being, like, <laughs> helpful to Liam. No, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But the wolf chases um, Mason and Liam through the school, Yeah. Uh, and – Liam basically gets the wolf to back up by wolfing out himself and you know growling him off and then the wolf runs away and is all scared and ba- basically that the wolf runs all the way back to the the bridge turns into a naked Theo and then the wolf uh, and then Theo not in wolf form jumps into the river or something uh but <laughs> First of all, Mason's very excited. He was just like, oh, my God, you're a werewolf. And it, he's very excited. He's like Kira Yukamura level excited. So excited. <laughs> um, so he's really keen on it. So I don't think we have to worry about Liam and Mason breaking up anytime soon. Um, yes. Did you just say yes?
2: Yeah, very excited. <laughs> yeah. Same. Okay.
1: So that was fun. and then But we have a few bigger questions. Number one, why was – Theo, number one, why can Theo turn into a full wolf? And number two, why was he there chasing uh, Mason and Liam? He's clearly completely sentient. He clearly did it on purpose. You know, he ran back. He wasn't really scared of Liam growling at him or anything like that. I don't think we know that he's quite powerful himself. Um, do you think he thought he was helping Liam by, like, exposing him or something like that? Or, or what do you think Theo's aim was in kind of, quote, unquote, attacking the, the boys?
2: I have a couple of ideas here. One of them is that maybe he was hoping Mason would be afraid of Liam and make a big deal out of it and expose him to, like, the entire town or something. But part of me just wonders if he was trying to attack Liam and maybe get him out of the picture um, because that could make the entire group a lot rockier and maybe he would have an in. It would be an excuse for Scott to pick up another pack member.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think he was actually trying to kill him?
0: I don't know. I kind of vibe that ever so slightly. But as soon, like at the start of it, when, when the wolf started chasing down Liam, I kind of thought, oh, is this someone starting to try and uh, pick off members of Scott's pack going from like, I guess, the bottom of the chain and then working their way up almost. Um And seeing as Liam was kind of isolated from the rest of the pack at that particular moment, it was easier to get to him kind of thing. And uh, right up until Liam kind of went uh, all wolf face and growled, (laughs) growled the wolf away, I was like, oh, wait, no, it shouldn't have been that easy. So there's some kind of ulterior motive here, but I just can't quite put my finger on what it is exactly.
2: I, I mean, yeah, I am way more concerned about how he can turn into a wolf. But this yeah. is my thing as well, Karen. I'm like, did we not decide
1: not that we make the law or anything? I mean, obviously we do because I told Jeff about Scott being a hot dominatrix dad. And then he put that hot dominatrix music in the next episode. And we know he hadn't done the music for the episode yet. Cause he told us he was good that when we spoke to him. So yeah, so clearly that was my fault. And so clearly I'm making the rules on this one as well. I'm literally joking, everyone. I really hope no <laughs> one takes me seriously. But, okay. We kind of theorized that doing the pure animal wolf, you know, that we saw Talia doing, that we saw um, Derek doing, is a sign of being a very. Pure and good person, if you know what I mean, the, or, or like a very very pure form of werewolf. That's not a, you know, that if you're a bad person, you turn into a big ugly gross thing like Peter, and you know, normal people just, you know, do the the face and stuff like that. But I thought that the the high, you know, that the the, the full wolf form was very highly uh, respected and highly evolved. And so I'm wondering how Theo has it, and whether real Theo is. Um, you know, is actually good. That he's actually really innocent and pure and good, and that Barty Crouch Theo, the current Theo, is just ta- <laughs> is taking that to his advantage. He's using real Theo's powers, uh, but that that's not actually reflective of his personality. It's reflective of real Theo's personality. That's yes. my current theory.
0: Um, I kind of thought as well that a little bit of Uh, Actually being able to do the full shift into uh, a wolf wasn't necessarily um, like an evolution of of your power as like an alpha, uh, like a pure alpha kind of thing, um, but rather something like uh, in their lineage. Because we know it it runs in in the Hale family, that that is something that they're able to do. Because we've seen Talia do it. We've seen Laura do it. Because Laura was obviously a wolf when when she was buried. And then we've seen um, Derek do it. So I kind of thought it was a little bit... uh, It runs within that kind of lineage of, like, born... Yeah, like, because... The whole other thing was, didn't we get that conversation in, uh, was it 3A when they were talking about people coming to Talia because she was very, very well respected as kind of um, like someone who could achieve the full shift, which is very, very, very rare and unusual and um, is like almost unheard of, Um, which makes me think whether this Theo is being experimented or is being or has been experimented on by the dread doctors in order to kind of um, like implant the ability to do a full shift within him. Like they seem yeah. to be playing around with people's. Giving almost, people like, the, powers. Yeah. We, we, that they should
1: have. It's very almost. um Kind of reflective, or uh, like a, a, a dichotomy with what we're addressing on Rewatchable at the moment, and the equalists, if you know what I mean. Hmm. I feel like the drag yeah. actors are kind of like the equalists, or the opposite, in that they're trying to, cha- you know, channel something that's a natural power and be able to give it to everyone or take it away yeah. from people potentially. So well, yeah, it's I, kind
0: of the way that I see it is, I made, the, I've also made this connection on Rewatchable. It's like um, Magneto. Yeah, and the whole thing in the first X Men movie where he tries to give mutant powers or tries to uh, activate the mutant gene in uh, in everyone so, in order to uh, in order to push evolution uh, one step further within everyone yeah. and then essentially wipe out those who are not able to evolve along gene. with the mutant yeah. gene. So I'm kind of thinking, is this? fun yeah. guy <laughs> yeah so yes. i'm kind of wondering if this is the kind of path that they're going down in that they're taking that they're, they're kind of messing with the genetic code of of these people and uh kind of pushing their their evolution that little bit further is uh yes. is what i'm thinking
2: hmm. I like all of those theories. I have a couple of different theories. ooh <laughs> um one is that possibly Theo absorbed that power, that ability to turn into a wolf because we've heard talk already of how the rules are changing and how um like with the harpy eagle talons that that guy was able to absorb different powers and betas and you know that whole conversation that we had earlier, so. That could be a possibility. Another one is that maybe Theo's like a shapeshifter. This has sort of been in the back of my mind for a little while. And especially when style said that is not Theo. I know Theo. Mm -hmm. That is not Theo. Um, If he could shapeshift into like, if there's a creature that could shapeshift into Theo could shapeshift into a wolf could potentially shapeshift into other characters or other animals. That could be a pretty big deal for this season, and um, although scary and full of lots of complications for our characters, I would really like to see that happen. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, I actually kind of like that. A lot of theories
1: going on here,
0: actually, so Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, huh. moving on to Tracy, um because she sneaks out of her house, she seems to be in a trance and Deputy Parrish doesn't notice her and she ends up Very in the Samara left. FYI
1: basically in the background like that oh, dead yeah. like uh, uh. Like, thanks,
2: guys, for that.
1: So, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, carry on.
2: She finds herself in the lab with the Dread Doctors, and she thinks that she's asleep and that they're not real, but it's definitely real, and she gets injected by them, and she's basically being turned into a werewolf, and this sort of explains her hallucinations. When she's hallucinating of the Dread Doctors, she's changing because we saw the claws in the locker uh on the locker door and all this other stuff and so that she was the one that broke her own
1: roof as well yeah like she was on the roof breaking open Mm -hmm. the skylight possibly yeah
0: so yeah that was what that was what i took from it as well because yeah. of the claw marks all along the wooden frame around the outside and basically it
1: seems like everything that happened to her really happened but for some reason she's experiencing it in as a hallucination and apparently no one else is noticing it happen either i don't know
0: mm. but
1: yeah it's uh she seems very confused about what's happening uh and is being experimented on, so, hmm.
2: What I find really interesting is that if she's turning into a werewolf and she had never been bitten, does that mean she's going to have different abilities or different, like, are there going to be different rules to her transformations? I mean, obviously we've already seen that the rules are changing, but could prove interesting for her. Oh, yeah. hmm yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, it
1: was so do you think that she's going to be, like, sent to do evil deeds now? Like, because they, they put her in the hole. Like, they you know, they did something to her. They, like, sent her down into the lab. And, like, is she like a puppet? Like, does that mean Theo might be like a puppet too? Because Rave Wolf seemed much more conscious. He seemed to be a, you yes. know, voluntary participant. Mm-hmm. Give me more power. I can do it. But maybe Theo is, like, a brainwashed... Uh, tool and and maybe Kelsey uh no, Kelsey Tracy is going to be become the same um or maybe Theo has nothing to do with the Dread Doctors who, who knows but um but yeah do you think she's going to do evil deeds now or or what
0: I don't know I mean I uh, she could I'm also wondering if they're they're experimenting with uh basically changing people's dna and changing them and seeing like and trying to perfect it before they kind of move on to to maybe other supernatural creatures or other people in like maybe um higher positions of power or something like that like they're they're kind of testing and and theorizing and and working things out before they kind of go further with it is uh is what I think at the moment.
2: So they're like beta testing right now? Uh,
1: Good job, Karen. Good babe, job. Well done.
2: Well done. Uh, that was really bad. I'm sorry. That was so bad. That was seriously bad. I love it, but my god. <laughs> oh, the one thing I did want to say really quick was, yes, I do think she's going to be doing evil deeds. If for no other reason than in the trailer we did see her attacking somebody, so that yeah, gonna that's be interesting. True.
0: I mean, that could be evil deeds, or it could be that she like the her body starts rejecting maybe the 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 experiment, the change in her body, and she literally loses her entire grip on reality and just so, lashes out completely. Yeah. I mean, that could be another way that it goes. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, then we jump back to Styles and the Sheriff. Our second scene with the two of them together, it feels like a gift of an episode, this one, because we got two amazing scenes with these guys. Um, and earlier uh earlier on in the scene that um the sheriff was like go just go to school what what the hell stop it mm-hmm. just drop everything um styles is like starts focusing on there's something different about his dad and he can't quite figure out exactly what it is and in this scene he finally figures it out um it's that the sheriff has taken off his wedding ring he is no longer wearing it Which um, in interviews that they've had before and at conventions where you've seen Lyndon Ashby at is that he's always been very, very particular about the fact that the sheriff wears his wedding ring because uh, he hasn't fully let go of Claudia and he isn't ready or willing to move on. And I think Melissa has said previously as well is that. For her and her character and how she sees it going is that uh, nothing would happen between the two of them until the sheriff took off his wedding ring.
1: Yeah, so, she said that to us, and she, she or, or we've definitely been somewhere when I remember hearing her say that in person, either on the show or at the convention, where she was like, "Yeah, you know, you're still wearing that ring. That kind of shows me where you're at. So I'm not gonna, you're not gonna yeah. be going there. Yeah."
0: Yeah, so that's very, very interesting. But the other really cool thing in uh, this scene is that Styles' is uh, re- really perceptive nature about like him zeroing in and finally figuring out that yeah. very minute, tiny detail that has completely changed his dad to him. Like that, that focus is what has tipped the scales. Into to the sheriff taking him seriously about his yeah. accusations about Theo. Like, that yeah. was really, really cool. I like that. It was that. a really
1: nice way of doing it. I agree. Like, um, I think it was a, a really, really good way of being like, oh, okay. Like, you, you're really good at this. Like, I'd be like, yeah, you, you, you vibe something and then you figure out what it is that you're vibing and you get it right and you do have what it takes. So, if you really suspect this kid... Like,
0: I can't do that much, but here's Be what you to do. And I
1: really liked that. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Be patient. He's going to slip up eventually. Like, yeah, they always. He, yeah, they yeah, always. And make he
1: mistakes. very much said the same thing. Like, Styles sort of said the same thing to Malia earlier in the episode. Like, he said the same sort of idea, basically, to her that, you know, um, that people are. Uh, you know, you get caught red-handed, and you know you find that you, you look for things, and you find the piece that doesn't fit, and then you catch them. Then, so yeah, yeah. Uh And then we sort of, you know, after all of this episode of humming and haring, and you know, is Styles right to mistrust Theo, or is he wrong, or you know, any of that kind of stuff? Like, you know, is he being overdramatic? Should, you know, should we be on Theo's side? Is Styles going too far? We find out that, no, Theo is a creepy weirdo who's keeping (laughs) some fake parents hostage. So, yeah, basically we go back to Theo's house and he's, like, punishing these people who may or may not be his real mother and father. They may be brainwashed versions. They may be, uh, again, like people with implanted uh, versions. I don't know if it's, like, the real physical bodies of Theo's mother and father or if it is... um, I suppose it has to be if they're, like, posing, you know, if people knew them in the town and they're posing as as them. They have to be physically the same, but we don't know what happened to the real people. Uh, they're posing together. Uh, you know, they are sort of at the desk together. Theo is basically giving them the, the riot act, reading them the riot act about the signatures. He was like, it was meant to be exactly the same. You were meant to practice. No one was meant to know. Theo is clearly the boss of his slave parents. Uh, who aren't really his parents and he was like "Mm, there's an easy way to explain a signature being a bit messed up because you can't write that well in a cast right and and the dad basically lets him break his hand with a hammer Uh, but they both seem terrified of Theo and what he can do uh, and completely are basically slaves to him So that was a fun ending and uh, obviously a bit of a confirmation that, yeah, Theo definitely has something very, very weird going on. So how did you feel about that, I suppose? Karen, how did you feel about that?
2: Proud that I called that. From the beginning, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. no, it was a bit like, okay, good, we have our answer because I hate that You're sort of. Wonder about this
1: for yeah, weeks, Exactly,
2: yeah. I hate that trope of like, oh, uh, you know, here's. Somebody acting evil, but then they're acting really good, which is funny because um, basically in Scream, uh, that's exactly what happens. You wonder for the entire season who the bad guy is, and all of them seem really guilty, so it's hilarious that I'm saying I don't like that. But um, I think for this show, it's smart to play it off in the beginning like, no, Theo's a bad guy, now we have to wait to see when Scott's going to figure that out. Um, mm. But above and beyond that, what really jumped out to me was the wife had no problem throwing her husband under the bus.
0: Um, oh yeah.
2: And it just makes me wonder who exactly <laughs> they are, if they're <laughs> married for real, or what's going on. Um, definitely yeah. want more answers. In, the, true... in my head,
0: in my head, I just went, "Oh my God, Stepford parents." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like... Creepy. Um. And again, I'm
1: wondering if they're all like little creepy brainwashed things or if they're all shapeshifters and that like Theo is the leader of that shapeshifting pack or something like that. Yeah, because if he's a shapeshifter, he could pretend to be a wolf. He could pretend to be a werewolf. He could pretend to be anything. Like, who who knows? Um, but if he's the leader and he, he's posing as, you know, the kid in the family because that's the one that needs to get close to Scott and then those two um, are, pre- you know, pretending to be the parents, you know, maybe they don't have a real emotional connection with each other, and they're just posing as the, the parents, but yeah, I can't believe that yet yeah, the way that she was just like th- yeah threw him under the bus either, I found that both amusing and terrible, so yeah, yeah
2: mm.
1: Mm. Oh. <laughs> okay, but all in
0: all, like the whole episode amazing seriously. Mm-hmm. I know it was, yeah, it I was just
2: good.
0: like i I don't know why I sound so surprised like the I think uh these two opening episodes have been two of the strongest openers that they have had the entire time that they've been on the air like this is really really set the scene for the rest of the season and it's just enough like for me it was just enough of um the established characters and enough of the new characters mixed in to like strike a really nice balance like, of learning things and getting teases of of characters that we already have an emotional connection to and then weaving in these new characters between that. Like, it, they struck a really awesome balance between that for me in these two episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I, I'm a bit confused by the, the Tracy stuff, but I, I felt good about everything we had. I think the reason that you sound surprised is because it's been off the air for so long, Donya so long, yeah. and because we do this so much, and that we like, I don't know, that we just do this so much that it becomes like, not run of the mill, but like, we're, we're always constantly kind of working on it, and talking about it, and stuff like that, um, so it's sort of more just a part of day-to-day life, and you don't really think about it so um, so objectively after a while, probably. And um, and so I think that now that it's back on, we're just like, oh, yeah, there's a reason that we've dedicated so many hours to this. <laughs> and I think for the 10 months that we're on the air, we kind of forget. We're just like, oh, Tim Wolf, it's this thing we have to be responsible for. Okay. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Not in a yeah. negative way because I don't think anyone's ever like, oh, I hate doing this or anything like that. It's just like it more becomes like a a responsibility to keep stuff updated and that kind of stuff, which is all fine. But um, every time it comes back on, we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Guys, remember how it's really good? (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of how it rolls sometimes with us because it has been ten months. And we've probably – like, no offense to everyone else in the fandom, obviously, and people work incredibly hard on different aspects of fan culture, fiction, stuff like that. But, like, we make – a large effort during the entire off season to still be producing content that's relevant and that people want to hear about. So it is and that's sometimes quite difficult, honestly. So sometimes it is actually a bit challenging or we're, or or it feels a little bit like work to keep the ball rolling with Teen Wolf when there's no Teen Wolf around. So I don't know. Hopefully that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes,
2: yeah. it does. Yeah,
0: it definitely yeah. makes sense. But, but yeah, uh, I th-
2: I think, too, because when we're off air, we don't have that reward of a new episode. And so it's constantly just chugging along like, here's the next thing we have to do. Now we have to put up these episodes and now we have to update, you know, this massive thing on the Tumblr. And then once we get to the actual season, it's like our reward is finally here. We finally get new episodes of the show. And so it's like, wow, yeah, I forgot that there was this awesome aspect of new content. Yeah, it's not even like we forgot the show was
1: good. It's like we forgot the show was on air at all, if you know what I mean. It's not even like, oh, yeah, Teen Wolf is good. It's like, oh, yeah, Teen Wolf exists outside of the internet, if you know what I mean. It's, like, really weird sometimes. We put so many hours into thinking about this show, guys. It's so many. So many. Um, never mind. <laughs> um, And we're all going to watch it together next week, episode three. Um, We're all going to fly – to san diego on monday evening and we're gonna watch it we'll probably miss the west coast airing but we'll have to record it or i don't know if the place i'm going has a tv we'll have to watch it on the computer maybe but we'll see we'll we'll, we'll get we'll it
0: figure it out very
1: soon after it airs we're gonna watch it together at late night together in san diego which will be fun. Yeah. And it'll be the first time we've watched a new episode together, I think. Like, it'll be the first. Yes. We've watched some of the episodes before at, at conventions, but we've never had a new episode air that we've sat down and watched together. So that's good, isn't it?
2: That's Very it. good.
1: That's, yeah. I was
2: just with Danielle, and she loves the show, but she's obviously more of a casual viewer. She's been on the podcast a couple of times before. But I was, like, freaking out, and she was like, I don't know what that means, explain it to me. And I was like, okay, so all this stuff. And I felt a bit crazy, but it'll be (laughs) really nice with you guys because we can be like, oh, my God, and just make hand gestures and freak out and we'll know exactly what we mean. Yeah, it's almost definitely going to be that exact
0: kind of experience where we're just like, I guess we'll probably be like wordlessly making faces at each other and we'll instantly
2: all know in the arms.
1: you know, yeah. I, I, might, I might have to hit, might have to, you know, maybe I'm most like Malia. I think she hits a bit as well <laughs> in excitement. I feel like that she would thump someone in the arm in excitement, uh, probably with a little more strength than I have, but yeah. we'll see. Um, yeah. So anything else until next week? Any major news that's come out, you know, about the show between now and then um, or anything like that?
2: Uh, no. Don't think Not that I can think of. Just anticipating San Diego and what we'll get from there. Do you actually know who's going to appear? Um...
0: Wait, did it say in the press release? Hold on. Let me pull it up. I've got it on, like, favorites on the press releases. I think but... I just remember that Dylan's going to be there. <laughs> right, hold on. I have, yeah, I've got it here. Favorite, so, um, panel is going to be moderated by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith,
1: yeah, I totally saw. Yeah, so, yeah, that's really cool, actually. So, um... And
0: on the panel itself, uh, it is going to be Tyler Posey, Dylan O'Brien, Holland Roden, Shelley Hennig, Dylan favorite, Cody Christian and Jeff Davis. So, interesting. Uh, they're if, really,
1: if they're bringing Cody to Comic-Con, mm-hmm. I feel like he's staying on the show.
0: Yes. Like it's
1: really big. I know it's yeah. right in the middle of the season and he's a major character whether it's a villain or whether it's like a future good guy. But I feel like they bring him to Comic Con, that's quite not Arden or something like that. I know Arden's at like, might be at a convention or something, but I feel like that's She quite
0: a- is heading out to uh, the UK. She is going to be at Wolfsbane 3. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. might be heading out a little bit earlier for that. I know yeah. uh, I- Hecklen and is- Bowen and a couple of the others are going to be there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that that's like quite a big deal if
1: Cody Christian is going to be there. Yes. Um, so
0: it says uh, the other little bit from the press release, obviously, is going to be they're going to be discussing the current season and there's going to be a Comic-Con exclusive trailer. So I don't know if that's going to be for the rest of the season or I don't know. But that would be quite interesting. I guess if you are well, at San Diego Comic-Con... Um, if you haven't seen when the panel is yet, it's on the Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. in Ballroom 20. Just in case any to... no one
1: doesn't know, it's directly after the Sherlock panel. Thanks, guys. <sighs> so we're really hoping that we all get seats together or that we all get to get in, um, you know, in, in press seats, which sometimes happens but sometimes doesn't. We might have to actually line up. Uh, which obviously everyone has to line up anyway. Um, but yeah. if you are planning to go and you have to line up, take into account that the room's going to fill up really early for all the people who are obsessed with Sherlock and some of them might leave afterwards. But, yeah, you have going to have trouble getting into the room because of that Sherlock panel. So thanks for that, guys. But, no, <laughs> yeah. So um, we're really hoping that we all get in and get seats together. So yeah. pray for
0: us and pray for yourselves, really. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Um, If anyone else is also interested and is at San Diego Comic-Con and really, really loves MTV and the Fandom Awards and all of that, uh, Tyler Posey is also going to be hosting the second annual MTV Fandom Awards, which is going to be in Petco Park uh, from 7 o'clock to 10.45. So if you are there and you want to do that, that's on Thursday as well. Mm -hmm. Cool.
1: Uh, and then I think, as I said, yeah, Dylan O'Brien is going to be taking part in um, a Nerd HQ panel for the Maze Runner, for Scorch Trials and Maze Runner. Maze Runner, they'll also be doing a panel in Hall H as part of 20th Century Fox, but they'll be doing a smaller, more exclusive one at Nerd HQ, which uh, you can buy tickets for. It's not part of the main con, so even if you don't have a badge, but the tickets will go very, 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 very fast. So Yeah, we'll tickets like
0: that, are about $20 usually. Um mm each, give or take, if I remember correctly from last year.
1: Anything else major? The only thing I could think of is actually that there's going to be a panel for um, Kevin Smith's new movie, um, Yoga Hoses, which Tyler Posey is also in, not in a major role, uh, but given that he'll already be at the con, he may uh, be a part of that panel as well. I I don't know that for sure, but I did kind Hmm. of see the schedule and, and wonder about that. So that's another thing that you can do if you want to. Or if anyone wants to meet up with us, I don't know why they would, but just in case, <laughs> uh, tweet us and we maybe can try and organise something, either, whether it's at the Teen Wolf panel or, you know, something like that. So, yeah.
0: Anything else? No, not, that's not for it. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a little meet-up would be kind of fun, though. <laughs> that would be if anyone is there <laughs> who listens. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool.
0: Okay, well, until
1: next time, uh, yeah, until next time, we'll catch you guys all, keep enjoying season five and let us know anything that you want us to report back on from comic con. I mean, we've gotta to, gonna to have a lot on, but um obviously, ten wolf is the the priority for most of us um so yeah, just let us know you know we, we might end up um being able to ask some questions, so we'll, we might might be able to gather some questions, but We'll have to see about that. Uh, yeah, just let us know what you'd like, if you'd like us to take pictures, if you're going to be there and doing cosplay or anything like that. Just give us a shout-out, and, and we will try and uh, and give everyone what they want in terms of Teen Wolf Comic Con stuff. So, yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, okay, we should probably wrap this up now um, and, yeah, get on with prep. Preparing everything because as I said, I don't think I've ever had so many Facebook messages as everyone trying to coordinate Comic Con stuff at the moment, like with like 12 or 13 people. It's crazy. So yeah. Alright, everyone. So we'll all say bye and then we'll see you guys later. So bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Curious fools trapped in the flu with a
0: To